it's quite it's, it's a profound kind of moment when you when you're in the darkness and then suddenly there's a little glint of light and you're like oh, there it is i found it most of us have two lives the life we live and the unlived life within us Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. What's the point if you're not really feeling it? Welcome to The Resistance, featuring meaningful conversations. We live in a condition of a constant murmuring. Like, that just doesn't happen for anyone. That explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. 30 years ago, when Fran Healy was just a teenager... Even then, he was worried he would never be able to write a good song. Turns out nothing much has changed over the last three decades. After nine full-length albums, numerous global tours, multiple Brit awards, and even four platinum releases, Healy and his bandmates and Travis should know better. After all, their influence spawned a whole new generation of Brit pop, bands who all pay tribute even today, and a list that includes Coldplay, Keen, and a legion of other internationally known acts. Still, sitting even today at a desk in his home studio space, Fran told me that he doubts his ability to unearth that musical gem, yet even as much as he did back in the 90s. If that sounds a bit ridiculous, it's important to understand how Fran Healy views the muse in the first place. It's not about talent, nor is it even about luck. It's simply about the willingness to dig, It's about mining again and again, over and over, digging through the dirt to find the diamond. That's how you write a good song. And the only requirement there is the work itself. These days, Travis is busy celebrating the 20th anniversary of their seminal album, The Invisible Band. They've got a special live album recorded on tour last year at Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall. And the album itself is proof that the songs have been there all along for Healy. Especially this one with singles like Flowers in the Window, or Sing, or Side. But at this point, there's no convincing Fran of anything different. And really, who would want to mess with such a successful formula? On this episode of The Resistance, I sat down with Fran to talk about the longevity of Travis, and the discipline required to craft something meaningful, whether when he was just beginning or after all this time. Few bands can speak from such experienced perspective, which is why we're so glad to offer up this conversation for all of you. Here's our conversation on creativity and the resistance with Travis frontman, Fran Healy. Hello and welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. Today I'm so happy to be sitting down with Fran Healy of the band Travis, which by the way, I think it was like 25-ish years ago that I walked into a bookstore, uh, like a Barnes & Noble kind of thing, and picked up the, the debut, uh, which I think was about 25 years. Is that right? Wow. That's a long time. Yeah, it was in 1996. Seven it came out, so <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Like it would have been late nineties for me. Yeah, twenty-five years sounds like a really long time, <laughs> and, it, and it is. It is, it is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fran, obviously, I want to talk um, 
uh, you know, all about what you're up to these days. And before we do anything, I want to start our interview where we start each of our conversations here on The Resistance. I'd love to read to you a quote. It's from Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this. He says this. He says, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two of those stands the resistance. Mm-hmm. I wonder like, what you think of that in terms of like your own creativity and maybe the person that you are and the things that you want to do. Okay. And wonder how much of that resistance you felt maybe in the beginning and, and what you feel creatively resistance-wise these days. Um, well, until you sort of work it out, um, you're going to always meet a lot of resistance. Um, I think that's just the natural, the natural sort of order of things. Um, when I was a really young kid, I, uh, you know, you're you're not even conscious, really. You're you're sort of waking up into the world. And <laughs> when I was around about eleven or twelve years old, I remember having a thought to myself, like, because I was really shy, and I mean, I still am very shy, but. I noticed that everyone around me was very shy as well, and there was some school production. And I remember um, deciding that I would, I would sort of almost pretend to not be shy, and just see what happened. And that I, I, I ended up being in this school play and singing and doing like things that I would never have normally have done, and. Um, I think the resistance, the shyness, um, was 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 uh, the thing that was holding all the other kids back and me. Mm. But I soon learned that you can you can act. <laughs> I mean, you can pretend to not be shy, even if you're shy, and no one will suspect you because most people are shy. So they they they'll, they'll go, "Oh my God, look, he must be confident." But actually, you know, you're you're um, you're just as shy as everyone else, and it's a trick. So I, I I sort of worked that out early on, and then just kind of barreled through my teenagehood and you know get into a band. But when it comes to um, songwriting and uh, you know trying to get trying to get a record deal and meeting all the resistance that you encounter, and you encounter mostly you encounter resistance. Everyone, no matter how big or um, famous or successful anyone is, uh, they're going to encounter resistance. I think the, the more successful a person is, you can pretty much guarantee that they've experienced more resistance than anyone else because it goes hand in hand, right? In what, in what forms does it take? Like what resistance do you feel today after nine studio albums? that you didn't feel in those early days? Um, you feel resistance uh, from <laughs> from the granular level to, like, for instance, I'm sitting now writing our 10th album and I can't do it. I'm, I'm, and and this, this is normal. This happens every single time. <laughs> uh, and it's the, the, the resistance is, is like... Uh, most of the songs I write are, are, are terrible, um, are absolutely the worst thing you'll ever hear, but you'll never hear them. 
and you have to you have to sort of just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you break through this this resistance and i don't know what that resistance is i mean the resistance is uh the, the your inner critic saying you're shit you can't do this you're absolutely wasting your time you're 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 the worst songwriter you can't do this and then there's a little bit of you going yeah but i did this song i did that song and then once you start thinking that you you, you realize that oh i had to write like a hundred really shit songs and be completely humiliated <laughs> in order to get to that to get to that one good song and then you sit with it for a a month going, oh, that's great. I'm really good. <laughs> I'm a great songwriter. <laughs> and then you try, and un- until you try and write another song, and then it's just like, it's shit again, and you have to go through the whole thing again. So that's sort of granular resistance at the songwriting level. Then you you bring the song out to, you play it to someone, and they're, they're, they maybe go, oh, right, okay. Or you send it, I remember sending what I thought was was a, a you know a great song to um, my manager, my old manager, or my um, record company A and R guy, and they wouldn't get back for like three days, and I'd be sitting going, "Oh my <laughs> god, this is fucking god! What's wrong with it? It's, it is shit. It's shit. It's shit. It's shit. I'm shit. Everything's shit." Then they get back because they've been busy. And they're like, it's amazing. And you're like, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it is amazing. I thought I knew it was amazing. And then, so that's the second bit of resistance. Then you go and record the thing and you're in a studio and you're trying things out and the band are trying things out. And then you record it. You do your vocal. You're like, that's shit. The vocal shit. I can't sing this. My voice is terrible. I hate my voice. I hate everything. And then once you get, once you, 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 you do the vocal and, and you sing it and 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 sing it. I mean, I'm talking like maybe 50, 60 times in some, in some cases. <laughs> some people just do it. I worked with uh, Steve uh, Maltness one time. Um, he lived across the street from me in Berlin and I, I recorded um, all the vocals on one of the Jix albums. And watching him do vocals was like quite liberating because he had absolutely no resistance whatsoever. He just like stood with his phone and looked at his lyrics and just did two takes. And he's like, yeah, that'll do. (laughs) Wow. And after that, actually, I got a bit looser and I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so precious and maybe maybe my voice is okay. So... (laughs) So to go back to the, the studio, I'm, I'm, I'm singing and singing. Eventually, I get the vocal in a good state. We, we record the songs. Then you play it to people. And, of course, you know, you, you, you're kind of trying to gauge what they, they think. Deep down, you know it's good. Then you release it. You put it out into the world. And people start hearing it. And people are like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> then, then, so th- so that point, you're, the resistance has, has, has gone from a, a hundred to, like, about five and you're feeling like oh this is we have luft in our sails and then the critics come out and they're like this is dog shit travels are fucking rotten and they kick the shit out of you and you're like on the ground 
and you're and I mean Travis, especially Travis, because our image is is like of nice. There's a sort of psychology to it. I don't know if you've ever been on um, you know, if you're flying and you're and you're very nice to the the air steward or stewardess, and they're they just treat you like shit, Be, and and the guy beside you is an asshole, and they treat him really nice. And the reason why they do that is because they're they're scared of him, but they're like, oh, I can I can get away with like being a dick to this guy because he's just a <laughs> he's a snowflake, and so in a sense, there's there's that going on as well. So you come out of the blocks and you you get the shit kicked out of you. So it's there's 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 a ton of resistance most of the way, but I just feel here's what I'm getting I'm getting to. So there's a point to this. And that is that music, right, is all it is is vibrations in the air, okay? And it's, it's, it seems futile to, to, for people to go, these vibrations are, are better than these vibrations. It's, it's like, I think all music, every, and all art is a force for good in the battle against bad stuff and in the battle against all the, the negative stuff out there in the world that we all, that, that gets us down, whether it's, Huge bills, tax bills, bad time at work, kids not well, relationships going shit, whatever. You, when you hear a song or you see something really cool, it helps you. So I think um, and all, all things that are a force for good are going to meet an awful lot of resistance. And if you manage to, to make it through to the point where people can actually hear the thing on the radio, no matter what anyone says, that's great. But it takes an awful lot of um, um, will and belief to, to get it to that stage. So anyone I see on TV, any band I hear on the radio, anything I see, um, I'm like, respect, because I know, I know exactly how much resistance they've had to overcome in order to get to that point. Mm. I, I, I want to go down a couple paths here that you opened, but that way that you just framed that, that, that art, that all art is part of the good, mm -hmm. um, beating back against, you know, whatever is bad or evil or, or whatever we're facing or, or whatever. It's medicine. It's, it's probably more, more akin to taking some kind of cosmic medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when you first started viewing art in that way? Has that been all along the way for you? Or has that been, as I made it at some point, I realized this was true? I don't remember where exactly that happened, but it may be with definitely the last uh, 15, 20 years. As soon as you start doing it and you start seeing the effect it has and then you start analyzing it and thinking deeper about it, and, and you sort of realize as well, like certain things that people say to you. I remember we were we were with um, we were doing some interviews at some festival, and Dave Grohl was there, and he said this lovely thing. He said that everyone is in the same band. We're all in one big band, and um, when you have your moment, that's like you're that's like you're singing the chorus. It's your turn to sing the chorus or whatever, you know. And then you go, you go, you sort of, you sort of merge back into the sort of uh, the ether. And um, but we're all in, you know, it's not. There's no separate bands. We're all in the army together. And I like that idea. And of course, when someone says something like that, you you just you think slightly deeper about it. And 
and you mm. go, ah. And also that's, again, that helps you with this resistance. You know, you're like, well, I'm not just doing this alone. I'm, I'm part of a bigger uh, team um, of antibodies fighting the pathogens. You mentioned you're working on your 10th album now. And like when you said earlier, you know, like it almost felt like you weren't sure along the way, really all along the way, whether mm -hmm. the next good song would be there. Yeah. And and in a way, I understand that because I think a lot of people can relate to that in, in different ways. But also, I guess I just wonder, does that in a way, does that sound silly to you? Like, as you say it, like after all these songs, after all these albums, after all the, mm -hmm. you know, the sales or acclaim or whatever, does it does that seem silly, at least to you on in one in one sense that you would that you would wrestle with it like that? No, not at all, because it's it's completely arbitrary whether you find something or not. It's got absolutely nothing, nothing to do with talent. And I know that for, a, for an absolute fact. It's like, uh, you know, the beginning of, um, have you seen There Will Be Blood? Sure, sure. Right, you know the bit at the beginning where um, Daniel Day-Lewis is down the hole and he's, He's, he's digging, he's digging, he's digging. He's trying to find little these little bits of gold that he that he gathers and takes to the to the to the, to the melter, the, the, you know, the, the guy who buys it of him. And that's songwriting to me. When I saw that film, I was like, oh my god, that's that's what it is. Or creativity. There's a manual aspect to it. Like a lot of people, like they're like, oh, it's so artistic, and it's just not. It's not. If you're doing it, if you're doing it. There's two ways to do this. There is there is an artistic way to do it where you take bits of everything and you, you're, you're, you're open to, or you you go down and you start digging and you dig and you dig and, you, and there's nothing. It's mostly just dirt that you're digging and eventually you find some little shiny thing that you bring up to the surface and, and you turn it into a ring or you turn it into a necklace or you turn it into a plate or something else you, you make that little bit of gold dirt into something that's more sort of um and the thing that makes it precious is the fact that it's it's made of different stuff than all the dirt you know it's it's a it's a, it's a real it's a it was made in the stars you know what i mean so that that manual dunk 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 digging and digging and digging um and this feeling that you might be down this hole and you might be in the wrong hole and you might be digging for months and not find anything, that's a demoralizing. It may, it's just, it, it, um, it's quite, it's demoralizing but at the same time. You also go, well, I might find it. <laughs> you're going in one hand, you're like, I'm never going to find this because it's just fucking dirt. And then there's another bit going, well, I've just got as much chance as anyone else from finding it. I think a lot of I listen to a lot of music, and and I, I feel that there's a lot of dirt. You know, they just make it out of dirt. They're not. They don't bother looking for the the gold. You know, they don't bother looking for that magical wow thing because people have figured out how to. There's a comedian, oh, Jimmy Carr. He said um, one time on on something, um, you know, that saying, "You can't polish a turd." <laughs> yeah. Or he says, yeah, but you can roll it in glitter. I really, I think that's a lot of what you get 
on everywhere, you know, you just turn on Netflix, you know what I mean? It's just, there's very few shows that leave a, a, an in, 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 um, indelible mark on, on you. And there's very few songs that do that too. Um, I'm going through a bit of a phase right now, wondering if, um, if there was low hanging fruit, you know, back in the, the old days when, when there seems to be a lot more uh, songs that, that went deep, you know, and touched you. Or maybe I'm just imagining that. Um, and, and now you've got to, you know, go to the top of this big giant tree where there's very little fruit left. So, you know, it's, there's, there's, um, I, I, nothing, nothing changes. It's, it's never gotten easier. It's never gotten harder. It's always been just a bunch of manual work. And then you have this lovely moment where you go into the studio and you make it into something. I know right now you're working on the 20th, uh, you know, there's, there's this big celebration around the 20th anniversary, you know, of the invisible band. Yeah. What do you remember about those days of, of, you know, if it's this, if it's this workmanlike process where you dig and dig, and then here's this discovery. Do you remember some of those songs, like the discovery of some of those songs and, and the joy of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember when all of the songs come through, I remember where I am. I remember what I'm doing. It's quite, it's, it's a profound kind of moment when you, when you're in the darkness and then suddenly there's a little glint of light and you're like, oh, there it is. I found it. Um, I, I remember there's a song on the invisible band uh, called indefinitely. And I wrote that in America on the road. And we had this really old tour bus, and uh, and it had. I was in the front lounge where all of the uh, there's a a sink, a, a basin, a faucet, and all of the plates and crockery and cups and saucers and cutlery. It, and and we were going in a particularly rough bit of American road, and it was it. The whole bus was just making this noise like you everything was shaking all the crockery was shaking it was deafening and in the midst of this crazy noise and, and deafening noise i i found the song i was just sitting twiddling around in my guitar and i i could barely even hear myself sing but there was the song it just popped out i can remember singing uh, write and sing before the day before we went in to do some b-sides i was like shit i've got to write some b-sides and I don't have any um, left. And so I, I, I tried to write one and there was something on TV about swing beat. And um, I, I started singing swing, swing, swing. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And so that song started out as swing. And then I went in the next day to the studio and wrote that. I remember writing. I remember every, every single song I could tell you, uh, uh, like where it was. It's like you're kind of, because... It, it it happens rarely. Like if you think the the ratio is like one in every hundred, or maybe more songs is is uh, is one of those ones that are kind of have a little bit of shine to them, have a bit of magic in them. You know, it's, you you really do remember when when it comes along. Uh, let me ask about the band factor, or maybe even like layers of community. How like. What role do your bandmates play in your ability to get over the resistance? Or what about the community of fans that you've built? Like, like, 
how, how much do they aid you in the process or is it really like, no, that's my battle. And, and I, I you know, like it, it's as great a battle as ever without any help. Yeah. The band, the band definitely come into it because you have to play the song to the band and they're part of the resistance. And, and the, no, when I say part of the resistance, part of the resistance process, you have to get it through the gates. You know, you have to get it through these different gates. And one of those gates is the band. And yeah, I, but the, but the guys are, are, are always really supportive. They're just happy to for me to bloody get in the studio and <laughs> play and get on the road. They're like, right, come on, let's do this. So I think most of it, the biggest resistance is um, kind of the beginning and, and definitely the end um, when you release it into the world and, and um, you have to just, again, it's... I mean, I, I talk a lot in pictures, but I, I like this this idea of um, when you release a record, you have, I always see these like like a big flat lake and there's all these little boats just sitting on the lake and it's a still day. The lake is like a mirror and everyone's just sitting. They've got their little sails up. They're sitting in their little rowing boats with the sails up and... Um, you know, some boats are bigger than others, but it's, everyone's sitting there and we're all equal. Uh, we've all got our songs. And and this happens each year, each cycle. You will get maybe one or two gusts of wind each year. And those gusts are arbitrary and they will hit any of those boats on the, on the lake. And you'll look over and you'll see a boat going and you're like, oh, there it goes. They got the they got the wind they got the gust and that gust is bloody strong and it'll take you it'll take you really far um, there are other artists that set up giant wind machines that cost millions of dollars that are artificially blow their boats so you see those guys going and you're like oh my god but as soon as they get out of the you know a few miles and and the wind doesn't carry them anymore they just stop but everyone it gives them it gives everyone the impression that it was successful, but really all you're seeing there is money. But but having been a, a, a very lucky recipient of, a, of of an actual gust of wind when um, back in the day when when our, when the man who very um, surprisingly took off uh, without anyone's help against against all of the odds, I was really. Uh, I'm very aware of how how um, arbitrary that that moment is. So the resistance is is just kind of on the on the other end of it, and the resistance at the beginning are are just a matter of 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 sitting around waiting and and getting being lucky. Let me let me ask you one more here because I know um, when you mentioned we've been talking about the longevity of the band, and then as you say, you're going back in and trying to wrestle with some more songs. I guess you, it strikes me that you're in such a rare place for a band mm. and that you've probably seen most of your contemporaries come and go in the time that you're still making music. Yeah. And I feel like so little music is made today from such a position of experience, you know, like you know, most first albums are like love, love gain, love lost, you know, like, you know, like the typical songs and writing about like kind of figuring out who you are, your identity, your place in the world, whatever. 
Um, now you're making music from, you know, with a quarter century of experience. And that strikes me as important, like to, like to have art out there that comes from that sort of wisdom, like with more wisdom gained and more experience lived. I wonder how you wrestle with, with writing songs from, from that perspective. Does it feel, does it feel rare to look around and like, well, there's not, there's not a lot of examples like this. I think probably the, when, when you start, you're not, you don't really know. It's, it's almost like beginner's luck if you stumble upon a song and you, you find it. But I think, um, my the the way I think about it, like I'm 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 at the moment I'm I'm sitting every day going oh my god, I'm not writing. I mean I'm really not writing anything good right now. It's terrible, but I've been here before. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been here every single album. I've been here. I remember being sixteen, seventeen years old, <clears throat> standing in my kitchen going right I'm going to try and write a song kind of for the first time and and writing something and going oh my god this is shit I can't do this I can't do this I just cannot do this and I, and I, I know that feeling it's it's a piercing horrible feeling and because uh, it's like your ego you know you're 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 kind of you have to destroy the ego um, so I'm here again, and it's the same. It's just the same thing, and and but then there's a, there's this there's this other bit of wisdom maybe that comes with it, where you go, you know what, this thing I said at the beginning of our of our chat that you know it's not all on me because I'm part of a bigger band. We're all writing. We're all trying to be a force for good. We're all in the army together, just trying to like. Um, balance the ph of 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 life and we're just kind of um and and so if i don't if i never write a good song again or if i never write something that's got that little bit of shiny gold whatever in it then i'm then whatever fine but i but again i'm maybe all my years if anything that i've learned is that don't stop just keeps even if you're sitting down at your at your at where you make it, where you make your music, um, which is where I'm sitting right now, and just stare into space. You're 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 in your space. I know a lot. Actually, I know a lot of bands that writers that just they they go for it every day. They write and they write and they write, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a bit more. It's it's a bit it's a bit different. I'm a bit more like you. You have to. You have to sit and, and wait. It's almost like when, when something comes, it's like almost like a feeling almost similar to the imperceptible feeling that you get when you go, I need to go to the toilet. You know, I need I need to pee. And you just go, you don't you don't question it. You you just you just go and do it. Sorry to, to, to be to get to get base, but but it's that's like that's not at all what I thought you'd say there, but that's good. <laughs> but it's it's all it's almost that same weird little imperceptible feeling that makes you get up and go to the the bathroom and and i'm just sort of sitting so sort of wait for that and i do don't get me wrong i do bash about on the 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 piano but i know a lot of songwriters who who do it and do it and do it um 
I don't think that's the right way to do it. You're more likely to end up rolling a lot of it in glitter. You know what I mean? If you do that, I think if you if you're if you're a bit more precious about it, you're you're just looking your 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 little internal metal detector, or gold detector, or diamond detector up full, and you're waiting for that. Like, where is that? Where is that? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I love it. I love it. Fran, uh, I love the way that you're describing all these things. I want to give you a chance to describe uh, one more. I know that uh, you guys have really, in just a couple days, the new vinyl release for Record Store Day um, is coming out. You, re- you guys recorded the Invisible Band live in like it's it's the re- it's the Glasgow recording, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like what what was what was so special about that show? And and um, can you tell us more about the release? We but this it's so the show was was recorded in the Royal Concert Hall in Glasgow, which just happens to be a stone's throw from the venue, or it's not even there anymore from the location that we played our very, very first show. Glasgow's our hometown. Um, I think um, it's safe to say it's the show that we're most nervous doing. And it's also the show that we always play kind of the best because we're under a lot of pressure to to be good that night because it's our hometown. But we managed to do it, and I have to say that I really I'm not I'm not a big fan of my own voice. I, I really am I'm not. But I did sing I did sing really really well that night, and we played really well that night. Um, I listened to the um, all of the. I, I guess all of the tracks and soloed everything, and um, it's it's a it's a really well played show, and the songs sound good, and that album is um, weirdly I, I didn't expect. I always kind of leaned more toward the man who, but playing the Invisible Band live made me really appreciate what what a well um, ordered record it is. The way we ordered the songs and and the songs themselves and. All of the memories that go with it. So it's uh and also there's there's a lot of chat and stupid shit between the songs that I I don't I will say that before I go on stage I do not think about what I'm gonna say, so it's usually just <laughs> mental. But I but I, I I did manage to say some funny things and, and um some poignant things and um yeah, so I'm 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 very happy with the record. We all are. It's it's a lovely little record of of that night and and of, of our live you know travis live experience you've been listening to the resistance if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app and for more information or further episodes you can find us at listen to the audio production by isaac vining theme music by jake Patrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening.